Hello, and welcome to the Season 4 Recap of Setting the Tone, Neon Retrospective. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Ahoy hoy! And Daniel. Hey! Also joining us as the Master of Ceremonies for the 4th Semi-Annual Tony Awards, please welcome in Jake of the Popular Court. What up, nerds? Fourth time, happy time to be here! You've been uh, on the show a lot more than fourth time for this. Okay, I'm name dropped nearly every episode. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Let's dig into season four. Do you even remember it? I you watched it so long I, ago. I binge watched it. So for the, the listeners at home, after we record these things, I binge watched the entire next season uh, in like a weekend. <laughs> and then I listen to the podcast, obviously, every week to catch up. So it's still like pretty fresh in my memories. Like I still got okay. all the hate in my heart for a young babby Mariska Hargitay and all the love of, uh, you know, some of the, like, I think... I think maybe my favorite season so far. Hmm. Hmm. I'm excited to dig into yeah. that. Yes. But. So, Daniel, uh, take us through some stats of from yeah. this episode. Yeah, I decided from to add a, always, always tweaking and adjusting these things, adding new things. I decided to do some season stats because you know I'm a stats whore. So, uh, <laughs> our average viewership for this season was 33.4 million. Pretty, pretty. Uh, robust number especially propped up by the uh season premiere and season finale which i bet they'll be canceled huge yeah they're on the bubble they're on the bubble for season five i think it'll be interesting to see once we get to like season 10 and beyond how how far away we're gonna get from this 33.4 million number just because the world changes so much Grey's anatomy premieres yeah steals half their viewership uh and then sadly number of twinkles big fat donut hole oh for 22 on the twinkles but as michelle was so uh eager to point out the other day we got twinkles coming very very soon on the horizon in season five so i'm super excited about that yay uh and then our our previously on er stats uh leading the way to the surprise of no one uh green and ross at uh four apiece and then we got a three-way tie for second place with carter carol and i'm sorry four-way tie carter carol weaver and genie and then bringing up the rear, Benton and Corday. Ben, really surprised to see Benton get uh, the short end of the stick here. Only gets one previously on ER this season. Uh, and then Romano and Delamico, as we mentioned on the Delamico main cast retrospective, which if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. That was so much fun to do. Patreon.com slash the tone podcast. There you go. Uh, Romano and Delamico. Big fat donut hole. So. I have to say, every time I'm doing these on the notes, I'm so afraid I'm going to get it wrong. Which, oh, the, 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 the previously on identifying who's doing identifying it. I, the voice. I always have to check with Lizzie and be like, was that so-and-so? Am I right? Are we good? Let's to be go. fair, Jeannie and Carol sound pretty similar yeah. when it's like mixed up with the background audio. Very similar cadences. Yeah. Yeah. I would love yeah. to yeah. hear Prick Rocket Romano do a previously on ER, <laughs> but in character. I, that would be hilarious. I wonder if he gets one. <laughs> I don't know. He, do, he does get one. Oh, yeah, for sure. He definitely gets one. But not this season. Him and Delamico sitting on the bench the whole 22 episodes. Darn. So let's move into a little bit of like a brief, just overall discussion of season four. Jake, you're our, you're the the guest host here today. So you already started to mention some of your overall thoughts on season four. Please expand upon what you were saying earlier. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm full of optimism and Coke Zero. I'm feeling pretty good about season four as a whole. I I don't know whether or not it's actually my favorite season so far. I enjoyed my time with it. 
I think some of the biggest issues is that the stuff I didn't like went on for way too long, like uh, Mershka Hargitay's character and Green just being an insufferable prick. But there's a, I think what this season did for me is that there's a lot of overall payoff of the stuff that's built up in the subsequent or the the previous seasons. Um, all the stuff with Green, all the stuff with Doug and his redemption arc. Um, there, there's a lot to like in this season. I liked Carol's, um, her, her clinic. I liked all those storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, um, God, uh, Jeannie, uh, Boulay, Yeah. Her, her entire storyline this season was like really excellent. And it was, it, it showed that that character is not just like a one note that, it, that she actually has some depth to her. And I think they kind of explored not just like the main aspects of characters, but like some of the side aspects of characters to make everyone kind of feel fleshed out and real. Um, I think Weaver especially too got a lot of development that I'm sure fans aren't like super into, but like, you know, no character's perfect. And, and I, I think season four is where these characters really felt real to me. Wait, Jake, can you, can you say that again? No, no character's perfect. No character's perfect. Because <laughs> there's some debate on that, and there's there's a lot of tension on you know need characters needing to be perfect. So I want to reiterate. Yeah, I mean, go perfect. back, listen to the what season one recap. I bequeathed unto Mark Green the title of Thunder Thighs, <laughs> and I had to I had to revoke that title because let me tell you that Mark is not perfect, and I had to revoke that real quick. But <laughs> I I appreciate a lot of the work that was done this season, and it it really came all together for me it pains me not to spoil i know spoil shit for you (laughs) i'll just put it this way mark put the motherfucker in beltless motherfucker this season yeah yeah he did yeah Yeah. and i like what you said about like there's a lot of payoffs in this season like there's a lot of like payoffs to like events both in from some from season three but also just a lot of storyline a good storyline resolution overall yeah like the whole, like you said, the whole Jeannie and Scott storyline, like that was a very nice self-contained multi-episode arc that has, that's going to have, you know, has an effect on all the characters around. You yeah, know. everybody gets Anspaugh real into Green Day lost after his that. Son. I totally get it. <laughs> they all had the time of their life. I mean, <laughs> Lauren has left. Six Bye minutes guys. in and Lauren's already done. <laughs> I think that's the earliest we've ever run Lauren off on a single episode. Yeah, no, actually, that's... Uh, no, but I also like a lot of, like, you know, there's a lot of payoff, but there's also a lot of setup is what I love in this. There's a lot of setup for, like, the overall, like, going into season five, a lot of stuff that we're going to explore. Carter, um, you know, still rejecting his parents' money. That's going to be a thing in season five. Uh, or not his parents' money. Well, his grandparents' money, I the think. Family is, is, the family, family money. The family money. There we go. Um, that's going to play into season five a fair bit. Um, you know, we've, we, have, we have successfully set the stage for Doug Ross, MD, to depart the show. Um, all the pieces of that storyline are, like, except for, except, for one, except for one big one, all of them are in, are in place at this point things are in motion all the tools of his demise are within the confines of county general hospital at this point um that sounds horrifying it makes it sound (laughs) like a torture movie (laughs) welcome to american horror story er edition don't tempt me don't tempt me (laughs) we'll just watch asylum it's fine no 
No, you won't. I'll watch it with Jake. It's fine. I actually did like a, what I saw of Coven, but it's still not the show for me. Anyway, that's we're talking about ER, not American Horror Story. Um, this is yeah. what we're doing now. Yes, this is what we're doing now. Um, I lost my train of thought. So, Lauren, what did you like about this season? Um, I I know I mentioned it when we did the season like forecast, but I'm really happy Romano's here. He's my favorite shit stain, and I'm so excited to watch him develop into a proper villain for the show and an excellent foil for Carrie. I am so excited. I know he's going to ramp up a little bit next season. I don't remember quite how much of his storylines we start to really get into, but I, I know that we've got some good stuff coming up with, you know, him, Benton and Reese and Oh, him and Benton have some stuff coming up. So I'm just, I'm so excited that we have Romano full force. Lizzie's finally not just the quaint English woman. She's actually, a member of staff like it's, and still the quaint english woman and still the quaint english woman but they've they've toned down her yeah, englishness a little bit as as franner pointed out at the beginning of the series so or season rather but i'm just it was it's good and we i'm just so excited that we've got i think we said this earlier on in this season that it starts to feel more like part two yeah we're show. into phase two of the show solidly and it's just now that we've gotten through season four, it feels like part two is solidly set up for us to like yeah. really party next Get season. Get into the meat of since yeah. season five, yeah. With some some new drama. So I just I, I it's a good interstitial season and I'm I'm very happy that, that we did it. I don't know if it's my favorite so far, but do you feel like they they successfully pulled the nose up? Because I remember the first half of season four, you were very vocal about how much you were like kind how, of not how, enjoying it. <laughs> how whelmed I was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's part of why my answer about season four is much shorter than Lizzie's or Jake's is just because I was whelmed. It got us to where we needed to be. I felt like they spent a lot more time dragging their feet doing that this season. Yeah. I think it's because just of how long Mark was a total bitch to everyone. Putting the motherfucker in Beltless Motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I think that I, I think that really dragged out the early season. It, it really um it really kind of dilutes the soul of the show because in the first, you know, third of this show, Mark is the soul. He is right. our main Car- character. Carter is the heart, Mark is the soul. Yeah. And to have him be in such a shitty place, granted fathers and sons is great, but like to have him drag it out so long, it, it, it just, it really took me out of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad everybody ends up where they need to be, but I'm, I'm glad we're on to season five. Yeah. He plays the role very well, but it's yes. not, a, it's not a role that anybody wants to see him in. Yeah. Like, no, you never no, want to see Mark being the villain. We don't want to see St. Mark being a shithead. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was good. It had its highlights like everybody else mentioned, but I'm ready. I'm ready for five. And Daniel, anything else you want to expand upon that we've um, talked about? You know, I've said it a lot uh, throughout the season and, you know, just in various ways that, you know, I feel like the season was very busy. Like, I feel like they were doing mm-hmm. they, they were doing a lot of things, you know, adding in um, new characters and trying to do new things with existing characters. And there's just a lot of um, a lot of stuff kind of up in the air. And they did a pretty good job of balancing all of it. The only one, the only casualty of it, obviously, is Delamico, which we talked all about. Um, and, you know, as far as, like, it's like, I'm sort of somewhere between Lauren and Jake. I know Lauren's usually the happy middle ground, but I'm, I'm, I'm managing to find a little sliver of, of middle ground between the two of them where, 
the highs of this season are some of my favorites thus far. Like Exodus is as close to a perfect episode, I think, as you will find in the show. Um, and fathers and sons was great and family practice was pretty good. And the whole, I've, I've gone on record with, you know, voicing my approval of the whole Morgan Stern exit. Um, and I mean, other than that, that, another thing I really liked about this season too, is that other than, um, kind of the extension of Doug's redemption arc and, and eventually kind of blending into his beginning of his exit arc and Mark's rise and fall arc, there's not a lot of like through lines to this season there's not a lot of stuff that is true in the beginning of the season uh or in the season premiere that still uh is either a happening or b mattering by the season finale everything that was kind of happening at the beginning of the season is already long since forgotten by the time we get to the end but there's lots of little miniature fully encapsulated storylines that work pretty well you know genie and scott and Morgan Stern's exit and these are all things that happen with Chase like these are all things that happen within the confines of the season that don't dominate it so it's kind of like a, a handbag of, of storylines and I kind of like that um, I like that quite a bit as far as where I would rank it I, I'm kind of it's kind of middle of the road like I still think I, I still think I'm of the opinion that season two is my favorite season thus far and so I would probably put this one maybe second or third so I don't know it, I'm I'm the stuff I really really liked I really 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 liked and then there was just a lot of stuff that was just like Lauren said just kind of whelming it was just there it 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 kicked the can down the road a little bit further yeah. I, I need a tattoo that just says I am whelmed after this <laughs> season just you seem to get the whose films are those <laughs> I will not be getting I will not be getting my own face tattooed on me the, I'm coffee, not the coffee mug is as far as she's willing to go yep yeah, maybe we can convince her to get a tank top, tank top with her face. I on mean, it, I am but... a slut for Razorbacks right now, so I might. That's true. But... Um, I would personally. I mean, that's one thing I didn't mention. That's where I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I would personally rank this as my highest, as like as like the best season so mm. far. It's like it's more of like a gentle incline, though. It's because like there's yeah, there's still a little lot of like middling kind of filler stuff but we've introduced two of my favorite characters in the entire series so a lot of that middling filler stuff was at least with my favorite characters mm-hmm. so i'm willing to rate it a little bit higher were you surprised at all because i feel like out of all the the because they basically introduced three new i mean yes delamico started in season three but she joins the main cast in four so they essentially introduced three new main cast characters in season four and out of those three, I think Corday un- unquestionably gets treated the best. Oh, absolutely. Creatively, like she gets the most to do and gets the most kind of focus. But were you surprised at all? Because I kind of was. Were you surprised at all about how relatively, you know, inconsequential Romano seemed this season? Like he was there and he 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 did a few things. Like he, but it didn't seem to me like he made the immediate impact that I was expecting him to. He's more. Yeah, I was say he was sort of like a tertiary antagonist. Yeah, yeah, he's he's more there as a foil for Lizzie early on than yeah. an actual show villain. I think. I think what we got of him was excellent. I wish there was more. Right, I think that's where he was underutilized. For I think sure. he was yeah. definitely underutilized. But still pretty effective yeah. because even the little bit that I think that we got this season, I still hate every fiber of his being. 
I I am the point. Yeah. I am so excited for Jake to get to see Romano's journey, and we are trying so hard to not spoil everything directly for him in chat. Mm. Yeah, I just I, I just hate him so much. And then the the other aspect of the season that we have to mention here, just because it's not going to come up anywhere else, um, that we we talked about in the Delamico episode as well, but the complete and total uh, loss of Maggie Doyle as a character this season was yep. probably one of the most disappointing aspects of season four because there was times in season three where she really did feel like one of the main cast, and in season four she has like one or two moments at the very beginning of the season and then otherwise is completely absent and then when she isn't absent she's not doing anything of note she works the night shift right so jerry she kind of has a similar arc to delamico though with uh, not not as much of a push as delamico got but where like season three late season three they actually give maggie something to do she just starts to get interesting and then she's just gone in this season mm-hmm. and like near the end of this season delamico comes out with like the catholicism thing that could be interesting and then she just goes away right yeah which unfortunately that's going to be kind of the case i cannot remember for the life of me if it's this season or next when doyle finally leaves for good and it's a similar type situation where they ramp her back up make her interesting again and then just as she's getting interesting pull the rug out from under you um, yeah, I do not even remember her being there into season five. Like, I have no idea what's coming up for Maggie Doyle. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a bit of a controversy, or at least like in universe controversy right. surrounding her oh, exit. Oh, yep. Okay, yep. I remember. Yeah. Thank you. That's... I don't know if that happens this season or season six, but because again, she's sort of turned into this forgettable character. She's a lesbian who likes the police. Right. I know exactly what you're but talking about now. Thank you. Kind of on a broader, you know, scale too. This was sort of the season of the disappearing tertiary character anyway because they had added so many new main cast people that the supporting cast suffers. I mean, Jerry's gone for a big stretch of this season. Um Halle is gone for almost mm-hmm. the entire season. Like Halle I think only makes one or two little token appearances. We uh, even get much less Malik. We get much less nurse like secondary nurse banter and and stuff like they essentially the nurses essentially exist this season to come in and say there's a patient in room four or whatever like we don't really get the little moments with them seemed like there was much less randy um e-ray of course left at the end of season three so i mean like there's there was just a lot less of the supporting cast stuff and we're going to get into when we get into the departures of the bobs we'll get into where we started to kind of trim some of the fat with some of these supporting characters because it starts here in season four and by season six, seven, the cast itself, primary and secondary is bloated. Like it is like a dead whale. By the time we get to season seven, there is just too many goddamn characters in this show and they have to start trimming things down. And this is kind of the beginning of that. Yeah. It's like, we don't, with those tertiary characters, we don't really have like a Jerry and the kangaroo. Right. Like, you, en- you end up with Delamico playing with the Tamagotchi because Jerry's yeah, with, not around. with Cynthia. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> All right, Lauren, what do the listeners have to say about this season? All right. Mary L. says, I loved Corday and Benton. Thank you, Mary. I really loved Jeannie and Scott and the amount of respect Anspa had for her and her role in the caring of his son. She provided a wonderful environment in his last days. She just gets it. Carly M. says, I thought that season four was good, but not as good as some of the later ones. I liked the ambush episode, fathers and sons episode, mostly for just being outside the hospital for a while. 
With Benton together with Elizabeth, it was the same as for Carter and Anna. I didn't see it. I like Benton and Elizabeth, though, just not together, and that isn't because of what's happening later on in the season. I can't wait for season five. And Franner W. says, Some great character development in season four. Episodes Exodus, Fathers and Sons, and Family Practice in particular. Stone Cold Jeannie Boulay getting her job back, and then the Scotty Doyle storyline. There are also neglected characters, too, like Doyle and Delamico, and a couple of very chaotic episodes. Strong guest stories in Michael Rappaport and the Televangelists. Knowing what's coming up, I can't wait to hear you talk about season five. See, now I'm just imagining Jeannie in a WWF <laughs> ring and just smashing a couple of beers together. Yeah. She, she, and giving the, giving the finger to Vince McMahon. She does bring up a good point here, Franer, uh, about... One of the things I sort of complained about back in season three was that I felt like guest stars had really taken a big back seat in that season. We didn't really get many memorable ones. Uh, and while I don't, I still don't think we had as many memorable ones as we've had in, in previous seasons this time, I do think it was an improvement over last season. Michael Rappaport and uh, the televangelists being highlights of those. Uh, but there were certainly quite a few like kind of standout guest performances of people coming in and and doing a really great job even for just a single episode all right uh daniel why don't you take us through some awards that the show is nominated for so spoilers again we have another ofer just like last season they were nominated for almost everything under the sun uh but did not win a single thing. They're kind of starting to suffer from their own success a little bit. I think, you know, they're, they're sort of being taken for granted a little bit in these categories, um, which is a phenomenon that happens to a lot of popular shows. Like I know the office went through a period in the mid aughts where they would always get nominated for everything, but they would rarely ever win because they, the Academy or whoever was doing it was just always It's the office. They're just there. So it, it, that kind of thing's kind of happening here with ER. Uh, the 1998 Primetime Emmy Awards, uh, they were nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, uh, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for Anthony Edwards for Family Practice, which I think is well-deserved. That was definitely his best episode of the season, I think. It was either that or Fathers and Sons. Uh, outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series uh, was Juliana Margulies for Carter's Choice, uh, which that one I don't really 100% get. Like I feel like there might have been a better better choice but i guess they I, they probably just have to submit an episode like they probably don't have to you know it, it's based off w- the strength of her work of the whole season i was gonna say i would have thought that would have been like a past a past regret and future fear yeah like I think that was her strongest episode personally i i wonder if that came too late in the season though for evaluations maybe i don't know like, i don't know when they cut that off but uh, and then Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, both Eric LaSalle and Noah Wiley were nominated this year. And on the uh, Supporting Actress side of things, uh, Laura Innes and Gloria Rubin both get nominations. Uh, for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series, Swoozie Kurtz from Suffer the Little Children, the uh, televangelist, which I think that's definitely, definitely well-deserved. Yeah, definitely well-deserved. And for Outstanding Directing in a Drama Series, Tommy Schlamy for the... <laughs> <laughs> the live episode ambush which you know if say what you will about the live episode but it's it is a feat of production and directing that cannot be matched so you know you don't have to love the episode but you do have to respect the ability to even pull it off or even have the even have the gall to try do they ever do that again 
I really that hated the, the live episode. It was just not. <laughs> it was not for me. Uh, I'm I'm glad they did. I mean, again, feat of strength. I mean, I'll, I love a lot of the production story behind it. That was really really fascinating. Um, just just live TV is I don't think for me. Yeah, I mean it's it's what two seasons in a row now where we've overhyped you on an episode to the point where you have no chance of enjoying it. So we have yeah. to. What was last season's? Um, the Obi Wan uh, Kenobi. Yeah, uh, Do- the yeah. 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 That was basically yeah. the long way around. Uh, yeah, that's it, was it was an episode of House. <laughs> and uh, Er led the way with nine nominations but zero wins. Donut hole. Always a bridesmaid. Yeah. And at the 1998 Golden Globes, they were nominated for Best Television Series, Best Lead Actor in a Television Series for Anthony Edwards, uh, Best Lead Actress in a Television Series for Juliana Margulies, and Best Supporting Actor for Series, Miniseries, or Television Film, Noah Wiley. And same thing here, 0 for 4. And Jake, why don't you take us through some characters we said goodbye, actually got goodbyes for. Actually got goodbyes for Mr. Al Boulay. That's season four, episode nine in Obstruction of Justice. I know y'all were Uh, very excited about Obligatory fuck Al Boulay. Yep. There it is. I didn't realize he's gone now. On screen, yes. He is gone for good. There will be a couple of more like off-screen, off-handed mentions of him, um, like what he's doing in Atlanta. Uh, but he will never appear on screen again. It's probably for the best. Uh, Ellis West in season four, episode 13 of Carter's Choice. Can I ask a question? Who is Ellis West? <laughs> uh, Clancy, Clancy Brown. Brown. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Because I was like, who the yes, fuck? Discount Triple H <laughs> went off and went to another hospital to go be salacious with some other administrator. He went, he went, uh, he went to open a burger joint under the ocean. Mr. Krabs. No, remember he went to Clendathu to fight. Um, he did a lot of Bucks. things. Have you looked at the man's Lizzie, IMDb lately? Lizzie He's a just busy man. Cold dropped Clendathu, the fucking planet from Starship Troop. Like just, I don't actually know if he was on Clendathu. I don't know if How he actually do bust have... himself down. What private, information you... gets stored in that brain that you're just like cold call on a freaking Sunday at 3.30. You You're you like, Clandathu! You activated my track card. I know he was on Planet P because he captured the brain bug, but... <laughs> this is what I live with. Ask Lizzie on a Tuesday afternoon if the episode's been uploaded for the week and they can't tell you, but they can bust out <laughs> Clandathu <laughs> on the season four wrap-up. That's when I'm their secretary and say, hold on, let me check. But I have one question for you all. Would you like to know more? Uh, okay, who else? Uh, Jake, Ruth Green, season four, mm-hmm. episode 14 in Family Practice. This is another one kind of like Al Boulay where there'll be mm-hmm. another mention of her off screen later, but this is the last time we see her. I was going to say, with how involved we get with uh, uh, Green's papa, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more like mentions of her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys hear that noise in the background? It's I, I think I hear some cheering coming from the official setting the tone community because the next person we said goodbye to is one Cynthia Hopper. Hooper. Su- Hooper. Hooper. You know what? No, it's Cynthia it Hopper matter. now. It's done. <laughs> Season four, Super episode Hooper. 16, My Brother's Keeper. We lost the one Mariska Hargitay who moved to New York, became a detective in the SVU crime syndicate. Oh, thank God. I'm sick. <laughs> thank God she's Had gone. to teach Ice-T about new different ways that uh, 
sex crimes could be committed oh, every episode. Jesus, thank you, um, John Mulaney. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I did not miss Cynthia. This is one that it went on for too long. I feel like if they could have compressed the Mark Green asshole Esquire story down to like three or four episodes, it would have like it wouldn't have tainted his character for me. And I feel like if Cynthia were limited to not what sixteen episodes into the season, I wouldn't hate her nearly mm-hmm. so much. It's just like we got the point four or five episodes in <laughs> that they're a bad match. She's awful. She's like a naive baby child. And then it's like, we got 15 more episodes. It's too much. They could have they could have just slept together and had four episodes of resolution and what the fuck did we do? It did not need to be 16 episodes. Yeah. She kind of artificially extends the Mark is an asshole storyline because he mm-hmm. starts to kind of come out of it after uh, the events of Fathers and Sons. And it's... We, we talked about it at the time. Like, she feels like this sort of relic of his former bad dark side Mark self, like where she's still kind of hanging around and he's still kind of stringing her along, but otherwise he's almost back to normal. And it just takes this extra, like three to four episodes for them to kind of finally shed the, the weight of this dead elephant of (laughs) Cynthia. I feel really bad. Like, I feel like, you know, we need to reiterate again that it's not Mariska Hargitay's fault. She plays the character expertly well, but it really, I mean, we are the first people to go to bat for characters that everyone else hates. You know, we are riding the front car of the Carrie Weaver is not a bitch train, but sometimes the fan criticism is right. Like sometimes it's justified. And this character is so viscerally uncomfortable. And so just like every time she's on screen, it makes your skin crawl and you want her to go away. You know, it's like, it's like to, not to use a wrestling analogy, but it's like she has go away heat. You know, she's not, you're not booing her because she's a bad guy. You're not booing her because she's a heel. You're booing her because you want her off your screen. That is for four people. It is. But I mean, anybody <laughs> who knows what I'm talking about will understand it's a, it's a perfect comparison. Like you're not booing her for the right reasons. You're, you know, you're not booing her because she's an effective antagonist or because ba- I don't even think she's supposed to be an antagonist. No. Like I don't think I, think she's, I don't think she's written to be uh, Jennifer Green. I think she's, she's just written, bad scene dressing. She doesn't yeah, serve the she's story su- in any respect. She's just awful. I think they had intentions of her being a sympathetic character, and for whatever reason, she just comes off completely unlikable and completely just ew. Like get off my screen. So yeah, very glad to see Cynthia go. Well, if you are also uh, listening for the sounds of Green Day playing off a Walkman in 1994, you get to see the dead body of Scott Anspaugh, who left us season four. Jay! Episode 18. Gut reaction. My gut reaction was yikes. And we don't actually get to see his dead body. They spared us that. I like that they did it that way. I know y'all had some discussion about how they did his death as like a off screen kind of moment, but I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I, li- I like the spirit behind it. I just thought it was a little bit jarring that they didn't make mm-hmm. it clear enough in the previous episode because you know, we, we, we left that episode into that episode and never mentioned it. We were just like, yeah, this is a sad scene between Jeannie and Scott, more developments to come. And then at the beginning of the next episode, he's dead and <laughs> they're talking about the funeral. So it was just kind of a very jarring uh, transition. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they sort of imply it when he chooses not to have the new experimental right. chemo. That's basically sentencing himself to death. I mean, but like they don't explicitly say until the next episode. Right. But. 
But I, anyway. I liked Scott though. I I liked yeah. having him I, as as child actors go. I thought Trevor Morgan was perfectly cromulent. I thought he was like he didn't knock my socks off or anything. But there was he had his moments, and there were very rare time. Like it was very rare that I ever felt like he detracted from things. Like yeah, even when he was at his like shittiest preteen stuff at the very beginning of the storyline, I still didn't feel like he was a, a negative or a drag on the storyline. He did a a perfectly fine job. And I definitely wish that we had been closer to this part of her storyline with um, Gloria Rubin mm-hmm. when we got to talk to her, because I think it would have influenced a lot of what we had had to say. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, the storyline ended up, unlike what's usually the case, usually the case is we think a storyline is much more important than it actually is. This was the rare time where it was the reverse, where I I remembered the Scott storyline and I remembered it was a thing that happened, but I didn't think it was something that was gonna be such a highlight for me coming out of this season where I was so um impressed with not only his as- his part of it but also Jeannie's part of it and also you know we talked about this at the time too that the the writers giving Jeannie a storyline that didn't revolve around her HIV status like all of that mm-hmm. I think is super important and last but not least Jake guys we said goodbye to the man the myth the legend the mystery man himself the shoveler, David <laughs> Morgenstern, who left us season four, episode 19 in Shades of Grey. Sad to see him go, but like we talked about ad nauseum, they did it well bringing him back for those few episodes to give him a send off. Yeah. They really like it's better, much better than him getting Bob. They like yeah. really tried to ruin his character, though. Like he just really leaves off on a bad note of trying to like ruin Benton's career, but I think to what we were talking about with with um delamico is like you know you bring him back at the end of the season to do kind of a bigger storyline to actually have payoff this actually had payoff it was it was really really good uh martin's music at the like when he's like leaving i can picture like in my head like the it's dark talking to benton it's rainy out there but you got like the optimistic music that he's gonna go off and just be a better person than he was when he was trying to ruin Benton's life yeah and uh this one that one was a little bit of a like more I wanted us to have a chance to talk about him as the character he is now and what he has meant to the show up to this point because uh Morgan Stern will appear again uh unlike Ruth Green and Al Boulay it won't be just off-screen mentions he will actually appear on screen again um but it will not be until I believe it's season 14 so we are talking way down the line and it's a much different utilization of him than what he is now. So I felt like that now was as good of a time as any for us to kind of sum up the, our feelings on Morgan Stern as a character mm-hmm. and what he meant to the show up to this point. But yeah, agreed on everything Jake said, uh, he, perfect way to bring him back, tear him down and build him back up all within that. That all takes place over a three episode arc. Like, that's really good, tight, cohesive storytelling when you can bring a character back who's been gone for the... At that point, he'd been gone for almost a, a full season. And you bring him back, you immediately destroy him. <laughs> and then in the space of, you know, less than three episodes, you manage to put him back up on the pedestal by the end to where he's not ruined for good. And um, I just love it. I, you know, spoilers for later on when we get to the awards section, that was my pick for storyline of the season because I just... I, I love that that tight well-told story so so much uh, you know what you know what storylines weren't tight and well-told 
the stories of our next characters. Uh, let's move on to our final section for you free feed listeners, the characters who got bobbed. Um, book ended by two two awful ones. So we'll we'll lead off with uh, early season Bob, Angela Hicks. I feel like there's one of these in every season where they get bobbed so long ago that they don't even feel like they were part of the season we're talking about. I know, yeah. Season, uh, yeah, episode two, something new. Disappears just, into we, an we elevator. Hardly knew you, we hardly knew you, CCH Pounder. I miss her so I'm much. I'm just going to be sad that the podcast won't have, like, the CCH Pounder countdown anymore. Like, you go back, every time she, like, comes up, you're just like, I think we got her for, like, four more episodes. Like, I'm sad we're not going to have She's going to be gone soon. Yeah, like, I'm just sad that's not going to pop up anymore. Well, unfortunately, there's only room for one other, apparently, like, surgical attending person outside of Anne Spa. And we got, now we have Romano. So, she she's undo that? Argu- better or worse? She's arguably, I think... Other than Bob herself, I think she's arguably probably the most offensive Bob mm-hmm. we have had thus far. Like, it's this is this is a character who, I I don't want to like overstate her importance. She was never part of the main cast or anything like that, but she mattered more than this, and she deserved. Yeah, she better. had a lot of excellent moments in Benton's character growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to have her just literally just yeah go in an elevator and return to her home planet. Yeah, Kandathu. Really she went to Kandathu with Triple H. Uh, Clendathu. God, get it right. I'm going to get up again. Anyway, moving on, we're going to power through a few that no one cares about because they were barely there. But uh, I'm assuming all of these next five are the medical students. Uh, no, the the next three are medical students, uh, which okay. they, they make a, a tight little pairing themselves. Oh, I remember. Okay, I remember some of the okay one at a time anyway uh we said goodbye to medical student chastity lee in episode three friendly fire that was uh delamico's first med Mm -hmm. student along with henry and i believe she is in the suture room with carter and carter gets called away to do something and tells her uh hey chastity can you finish up these stitches and then we never see her again yep bye chastity uh we also say goodbye to James Sasser in episode five, Good Touch, Bad Touch. Anna's second medical student, if you're keeping score at home, because she does not matter <laughs> as a character, and we want to remind you of that as often as possible. Uh, James goes off to read and give his opinion on an x-ray, and then is never seen again after that. Must have been a bad opinion on that x-ray. Yeah. Season five was kind of, I mean, episode five was kind of a bloodbath, because we have a second one, Ivan Fu. Also in episode five, yep. Touch, Bad Touch. Uh, I believe he faints during a trauma, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's Carter, I think, that is stitching up his head in the next scene. And Carter tells him that maybe you ought to think about doing something else. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'll think about it." Well, I guess he thought. <laughs> I guess he took his advice because we never see Ivan again after that. Yep. And mo- jump ahead a little bit. Uh, we lost uh, Greg Powell in episode 13 carter's choice uh he went on to go into hiding after murdering all those little old ladies <laughs> what uh who is this it's uh, not <laughs> what what Greg show are y'all watching okay stop it it's the um it's the csi paramedic yeah y'all that, had the like uh, like conspiracy theory that he was the murderer uh, yeah i'm convinced oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i am convinced so yeah okay, greg okay the last time greg is seen so that okay so going back to the awards thing this makes carter's choice an even stranger choice i think for Ju- that to be juliana margulies's nomination episode because that means this is the episode where after she got caught making out with csi and 
then spends the whole episode like crying to get her way out of it <laughs> like she just cries to doug in the hallway and is like you cheated on me like five years ago and that makes this okay like just that was kind of her main justification and the way we lose greg is they are talking juliana margley or carol and greg are talking to each other in a hallway and doug sees them and then greg just kind of fades away like that's the last time you ever see greg and very like underwhelming side character that we kind of ripped to shreds at the time like we were like he doesn't matter why is he here this is a weird little detour for carol and doug that doesn't really matter because everything's fixed by the end of carter's choice like they are because he was it's because he was the murderer and it would have been so much more interesting if he was the murderer <laughs> why didn't they just make him the murderer because that storyline also gets a wet fart of an ending like that storyline does not matter in the slightest so just make him the murderer then there's a real reason why carol's off the hook because she hooked up with a murderer cool (laughs) i okay um and moving on to another paramedic who became a paramedic this season uh allison beaumont in episode 19 shades of gray oh allison we hardly knew ye Yep. I liked her storyline. I would have I would not have been mad if they had kept her around as one of the regular EMTs for a few seasons. Like yeah. she was a great intro to uh Romano and Corday. Yeah. I thought that would have role. been a, a, such a cool like thing. Just like have this character who starts in this very like, you know, short-term storytelling sort of way, but then ultimately sticks around for, you know, sort of like a Frank, you know, like Frank shows up in mm-hmm. the pilot and then all of a sudden he shows back up as a desk clerk years later. It could have been a similar type thing with Allison where she comes in and because of a trauma and then just develops a, a taste for medicine, becomes an EMT and sticks around for, you know, five or six seasons. Like, I think that would have been such a cool thing to do. But instead, we're left with this like hanging chat of a storyline where we're like, uh, I don't know if she's dead or not or if she's like going to be or no, she's definitely not dead, but she might be a she might be. I don't know what the correct term is but like she might be disabled after her most recent surgery like they, they sort of leave it very open-ended as to where allison ends up and last but certainly not least because the bar amongst these bobs is very low <laughs> with some of the people it was a stretch but, this season. let's just say that yeah um anna delamico in the season finale a hole in the heart I think we I think we've talked this one to death. Yeah, all I can really say is just go listen to the main cast retrospective on her. She's one of, as Lizzie said, one of the biggest missed opportunities in the entire fifteen seasons of of ER. Um, and boy, just what a mind fuck of an ending that is! Like, just yeah, I, that, I remember both Daniel and I just didn't remember exactly that we had constructed different endings for her. Yeah. More definitive endings. The, the narrative just got completely lost there. I was, I was convinced that she got uh, at least some kind of a definitive, definitive ending. Certainly yeah. not what we got, which was her just kind of disappearing down a hallway. Like it, there's not, you're not even focusing on her at the time. So it's, and like we said, she, there's a little bit of an asterisk with her because she will get a brief mention in season in the season five premiere. Yeah. But next week, very for very all brief. intents and purposes, I'm calling this one a bob. Yeah, yeah, I think for for functional purposes, she is definitely a bob. Yeah. So any any other final thoughts we'd like to offer the free feed listeners before we move on to our Patreon exclusive portion? I think I've beat my opinions to death on this one, so okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, well. If you would like to hear the rest of this episode, there will probably be another 45 minutes to an hour or so. The whole shebang of the Tony Awards. Um, 
we would encourage you to subscribe at the five dollar level to patreon.com slash the tone podcast uh you also among along with that the full episode of this you also get free stickers uh access to all of our cast and crew interviews early, two weeks early and other random bonus audio and video like, shit that we feel like like making. the delamico farewell like the delamico farewell that was all daniel's baby <laughs> we were just along for the ride um daniel makes really wacky shit if you want to hear all a bunch of clooney chuckles please subscribe <laughs> if you if you would like sub- george clooney laughing for two and a half minutes as a ringtone uh subscribe at the five dollar level or above yeah um otherwise we are very excited to jump into season five uh, next week and we will see you then Hey, STT fans, want even more from the Setting the Tone crew? Si, senorita. Then head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and become a patron today. You set the tone. You'll get exclusive access to show notes, season recap episodes, bonus video content. No, no, there would have to be more. As well as audio commentaries from movies starring your favorite ER cast members. You think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. And best of all, you'll be first to gain access to Setting the Tone, The Lounge, the monthly bonus show where you get a peek behind the trauma room curtain and hear the latest and greatest happenings in the lives of the Setting the Tone hosts. That's it. That's all there is to it. So it's a problem. You still here? (laughs) For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support one of your favorite podcasts and get even more great content. It's enough to make even Benton crack a smile. When did it start raining?